Good morning. It's Friday, October 16th. Time for episode 37 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. Good morning, everyone. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Twitter at it's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, some updates for a few things overnight. Um, if you're following the uh, uh, playoffs in baseball, so the Atlanta Braves won 10 to 2 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. They now have a three games to one lead in the National League Championship Series. They go for the, the National League Championship tonight in Game 5. A game will first pitch will be at 9.08 on Fox Sports 1. Um, it was a close game, so it was one apiece after four innings. And then there was a six-run explosion in the sixth inning. Clayton Kershaw got knocked out of the game. I believe he pitched about six innings. Um, he currently has an ERA of seven uh, in this series. So they're Ace uh, keeps getting knocked down, and uh, Los Angeles is at the brink brink of uh, elimination once again. Which, frankly, I had Los Angeles winning this one. So, um, you know, we'll see how this goes tonight. Will LA have enough in the tank to try to at least extend this uh, one more game? Over in the, in the American League, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays still hold a three games to two lead the Houston Astros won last night four games uh, four to three rather uh Carlos Carrera hit a walk-off home run so game six is tonight uh that game they'll be the first of two games today so 607 on TBS will be game six tonight so Tampa Bay hopes to go for the win so I had Tampa Bay winning this in five games so it'd be Tampa Bay hopefully in six um if this goes to a seventh game this doesn't look good Houston may find a way to pull this one out uh, so the World Series is scheduled to start on Tuesday. So this thing will be over um, one way or, the, or another in the next couple of days. And we'll know who will be our last two standing in Major League Baseball. Um, over to the NBA, Ty Lu is the new coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. He got a five-year deal. Um, as I mentioned in episode 36, I thought this made sense. He was interviewing uh, with Houston and um, the Clippers were continuing their search. But, I mean, I think most people felt like Los Angeles was the best place considering, number one, he was he's in the, he was an assistant under Doc Rivers. Um, secondly, you know, you know the culture, you know the players. Um, he got a lot of player support uh, to get this position. Um, also, the team management thought that his head coaching record – his uh, reputation as a head coach was also key. Um, if you look at his record, uh, he's 128 and 83 overall as a head coach. Uh, in 61 playoff games, he's 41 and 20. So, I mean, a pretty good playoff record. As you know, he won a championship as a coach uh, with uh, in Cleveland, and he has two as a player. So, I mean, congratulations to, to Ty Lue. Um, now, the next piece for the Clippers is how to figure out how to kind of get off this, you know, the, the get over that horrible playoff meltdown. Um, Cause I frankly had them going at least to the Western conference finals, but I mean, you know, basketball is basketball, you know, you, um, you, you play and um, you know, you, you, you let it all out in the court and they just didn't do enough um, to, uh, to to win and to kind of push forward because I think most people looking at the Clippers and the way that team was set up, a lot of people thought that they were going uh, a little bit further than what they than what they did. Um, let's see. Um, also, um, breaking news. So this broke yesterday evening. So the Le'Veon Bell 
um, as you know, was released from the New York Jets on the 13th. So a few days uh, ago, he was released from the Jets. Um, so the Jets, you know, uh, they were paying him $27 million over two seasons. Um, his numbers were just abysmal. Um, he really, you know, wasn't, um, you know, jiving with, uh, you know, Adam Gase, um, the head coach, which, you know, there's kind of, it seems to be there's this, this, this trace, this, this trace of, you know, wherever Gase goes, he just rubs his players the wrong way. Um, Bell was not, um, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, like Bell wasn't feeling uh, being in, in New York. And so he was released. He is now going to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. He, he signs a one-year deal. He will not be available this week against the Buffalo Bills um, pending a five-day COVID test. So he has to um, do five days of COVID tests. Once he's cleared to play, he'll be he'll be on uh, for the Chiefs. And, you know, the rich keep getting richer. And I have no problem with that because after watching the Chiefs march through last season, I thought they've got a good chance to repeat. I mean, they have... The, the, the team, they built the team around Patrick Mahomes. They've got the team that, they, that I think can go for a while. They can win a few championships here. I think Le'Veon Bell gives them more versatility at the, in that running back position. Um, and they've lost some guys. It, it's kind of been a war of attrition uh, in the backfield due to COVID and other things. So I think Le'Veon Bell really puts them in a position to really be um, a, a tough team to beat. I think they are currently ranked 13th in the league in rushing. So again, you know, th this is just, I mean, as an observer, because I am at this point just a mere observer of the NFL, um, you know, this looks like this is a win-win for everyone. Le'Veon Bell is going to be happy. The Chiefs get a good runner. And, you know, we're just going to see how this all comes out uh, in the end here. Um, there's one thing I do want to come back to in uh, for the NFL in just a moment, but let's do college football because I'm going to do my picks for week seven. Um, so I'm only going to pick four games. Uh, it was five games, but as I talked about in the last episode, LSU and Florida with the COVID situation in Florida, that game was canceled. So also Vanderbilt and Missouri was also canceled. So two games canceled, canceled in the SEC. Then the news broke yesterday that Nick Saban, so the head coach of Alabama and the athletic director of Alabama, both tested positive for coronavirus. Um, Nick Saban uh, talked to the press. He said he has no symptoms. He really wants to coach on Saturday, of course, because it's Nick Saban. You know how he is. He's, you know, he, he is not a championship winning coach. For, he's a championship winning coach for a reason. He wants to be there. He wants to be with his team. He wants to make sure that they continue uh, in, in the mold that he has developed for this program. Um, he is currently asymptomatic. I'm sorry. Um, he said, well, he actually said he is not feeling any symptoms, and that's good. Um, now, for him to coach on Saturday, it is not impossible. However, he needs to remain asymptomatic. And he has to have three negative tests. And I think he's already had one with another rapid test today, I believe. So with that said, um, um, there is a possible chance that uh, Steve, um, sorry, Nick Saban can coach on Saturday. But if that does not happen, Steve Sarkeesian, who is the, uh, the offensive coordinator, and he used to be the former head coach at USC. He will step into the role of head coach if that is the case, because, again, NCAA rules do not allow uh, Coach Saban to have communication 
uh, it's some rule. I think it's like the, the communication with the team has to be limited because he is in uh, quarantine. So he can, he did run practice. So he used Zoom, used the phone, watched the players practice. He would tell the manager, hey, tell coach so-and-so run the, tell the guys run the play again. In his words, they did it wrong because, you know, um, but, but you know what? I like Nick Saban as a coach. He's, you know, he's um, proven winner. He has a method. And another thing, you know, I feel like, and I've said this before, I feel like this season he's been very, he's been a little bit more relaxed. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's been a little bit more, you know, just, he doesn't seem as, because like I said, he's done interviews where he smiled. I don't see him doing very many interviews where he smiled. He's usually very, you know, very serious, very, you know, to, to the point, and he kind of is matter of fact and to the point, but he just seemed to, I, and, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just really not paying that close attention. I, maybe I'm paying more close attention to his words as opposed to his affect. But nevertheless, he, you know, joked on his uh, his uh, his show this week that you know he's at home catching hell from his wife, but he usually goes to work to give everyone else hell. So he he said he's getting it from both sides, but. Um, you know, with this time that we're in that you hope for the best for Coach Saban um, and, and everyone around the program, you know, just in general, this, you know, you don't want to see anyone become stricken with this. This is this is pretty bad. And, um, you know, because, you know, these players worked hard to get to this point to play coaches, staff, you know, administrators, um, so when it affects a team, it, it tends to have a, you know, a, you know, kind of a, a chilling effect because, you know, with over 200,000 people dead in this country, um, when you hear about a positive test, you, you know, you get a little worried, you get a little concerned and you hope that that it does not have um, long term effects um, on especially these young people, most especially these young people. Um, so let me do my picks real quick here. So four games um, that I aforementioned: Alabama Georgia game. I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Crimson Tide over Georgia. I mean, Georgia's a good team. I mean, I think I picked against them. I think it's the second time I picked against them, but I think uh, this time Alabama's gonna uh, get the best of Georgia. Um, Virginia Tech over Boston College. I think they're playing in Blacksburg, if I recall correctly. Um, uh, Texas A&M over Mississippi State. I mean, that's kind of a tough one. Um, Mississippi State, you know, with uh, Mike Leach in that air raid, you know, KJ Costello had that crazy game against LSU. And then, you know, they haven't done, you know, they haven't done that great since. But nevertheless, A&M's kind of on the upswing because a lot of people feel like this is the year that Jimbo Fisher needs to kind of turn the ship around. And it seems like it's going in that direction so far. I'll take uh, the Aggies over the Bulldogs. My last game, uh, Old Miss and Arkansas. I'm going to go with um, the um, Old Miss Rebels. So, again, Lane Kiffin. So, I, I can't wait for the Egg Bowl. I hope the season lasts long enough that we get to, to rivalry week. Um, the Egg Bowl is going to be fun. I mean, first of all, can you imagine the smack talk between Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. It's going to be Lane Kiffin's just going to come at you 100 miles an hour, and Mike Leach is just going to throw hella shade <laughs> at everyone 
in the general vicinity of Oxford. So, um, and then the game, it's, and then we haven't got to the game once that happens. So again, um, we're hoping that we can at least get to the end of the college football season and we can see these rivalry games play out. So by then, you know, you'll have all the conferences playing. So you'll see, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, which I think the big 10 starts next week. So again, you know, with Ryan day telling his team, he wants to hang a hundred, a hundred on Michigan. I don't know if I want to watch that game. I mean, I'm hoping Michigan can wake up the season, but yeah, those those Buckeyes are mad. And I mean, I don't know. It's either going to be a classic or it's going to be a bloodbath. So in, in, in the words of Herman Edwards is why you play the game. Um, so this is going to be an extremely short show. This is typically about the length of my sport, sport wagon sprints, but nevertheless, um, wanted to kind of get on, at least do my picks anyway, cause I like to kind of do the picks, um, usually do them on Twitter and I'll probably do them on Twitter as well. Um, real quick, I had two poll questions that I did. One is currently up and it relates to the next topic. So I asked, who has the worst culture in amongst these two football teams, the New York Jets or the Washington football team? The reason I asked that question is that um, so the Jets are currently 0-5. Um, I just talked briefly about the issues with Le'Veon Bell. Um, so for the Jets, that means they get the rookie LaMichael Piran from Florida previously to he gets to, you know, play and and, and do his work for the Jets. Um so now the question is, you know, will the Jets be that bad that they'll get the first pick in the draft? Um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> Mike Greenberg from ESPN did a video or did he, there was a clip of him doing, I think, his show, I think it's the Get Up show. And he told, um, you know, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is probably potentially going to be the first pick. Um, and he said, you know, you might want to stay at Clemson another year. <laughs> and... and I don't know, man. Mike Greenberg is interesting and funny to me. Um, this isn't the first time we've heard someone tell a star player, yeah, maybe you might want to just not go this year. Or, I mean, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence doesn't seem like the kind of kid who would, you know, get drafted and maybe make all these demands that, hey, you know, I want to be traded to this team, you know, a la uh, Eli Manning. <laughs> um Chargers fans will never, never live, will never forget that. I remember that watching that draft and that was just, that was just not cool. I was like, Ooh, but I mean, it worked out. It worked out for the jet, the giants rather. But I mean, I don't know. My whole thing is this Trevor Lawrence could be a difference maker. You don't know. Um, would he stay in school another year? If he is going to be the number one pick, probably not. It wouldn't be smart. I mean, he, I mean, he, he he's he's wet. He's only lost one game as a starter. He basically is relatively untouched. I mean, the last time I saw him really have hands on him was the LSU game in the national championship last year. I mean, LSU got after him. Other than that, I mean, can throw the ball, can run, has a good offensive line in front of him. I mean, come on. Um, that's currently at Clemson. Now, if he were to be the first pick and they say, you know, they evaluate him and say, okay, you know, you're going to make, you know, all these millions and millions of dollars guaranteed money. I mean, he probably would go. And 
I guess to me, he seems like he has the mentality that he wants to play football. And a quarterback, I don't think, wants to be in a situation where they want to be involved in all the politics. You know, the front office is the front office. Whatever's going on with the Jets, that's a culture issue. Whether it's on the sideline, again, you got to have a relationship with the coach. Hopefully the relationship is good. You also have to have a relationship with the front office. They're the people that, that sign the checks. But anyway, at the end of the day, the front office is the front office. They do what they do. You're there to play football. Now, if the situation doesn't work out over time, sure, it will show because it will show in other ways. You try to go out and play the game, but again, you play the game to your best of your ability. You know, if you don't get along with the coach, well, you know, hopefully that comes out in the wash where someone will say, okay, well, it looks like the coach got to go. And maybe that could be a situation that could play to his favor. Don't know. Um, but nevertheless, I don't know how I feel about that, that, that particular piece of advice. I mean, like I said, he's a player. And I think that if the Jets, I mean, again, there's still time to play here. The Jets could get it together. I don't know. I mean, you know, you got the Jets, the Falcons, and there's one other team that still haven't got their first win. So, you know, there's time. But, I mean, right now, this seems like they're of the three teams. I forget the third team. They seem to be the worst of the bunch. So a lot of work has to happen for, you know, A, the Jets to make it look respectable because at a certain point, you know, most teams just say, screw it, let's just tank it and just get the first pick. <laughs> but, you know, one player isn't going to solve their problems. They've got to make decisions in other areas. They've got to, you know, okay, you go get a top pick as a quarterback, a guy who's a proven leader, proven champion, can play the game. All right, fine. Then what do you do to protect that investment? Because, okay, if your offensive line is trash, well, he's not going to be very effective at his job. So then you say, What's the front office doing to make his life better? <laughs> Again, if the front office is terrible, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, meanwhile, the Washington football team, well, you know, they're just going to be the Washington football team. Um, you know, you know they, they are my team. I, you know, like I said, I, I don't watch games anymore. I keep up with games kind of on a, on a periphery. And, you know, the Dwayne Haskins situation, there's two ways you can look at it. Number one, why did you even draft him? I mean, I get they were worried about, you know, Alex Smith and his status, but I'm kind of going, okay, if you're not going to develop him, let him walk because there are teams that need a quarterback, will develop him. Um, I was listening to, uh, I think it's what, uh, I've been off the record sports. Shout out to off the record. Um, you guys doing good stuff over there, uh, off the record, crossover media, OTR Mike, uh, and Alex, you guys doing good stuff over there. I'm really enjoying the content, but uh, I was listening to you guys talk about, um, uh, the whole situation with, you know, the Dwayne Haskins situation and yeah, I it, it, just, just let him go. I mean, oh yeah. The, the, the meme with, um, RG three telling him to get out. <laughs> I did not see that meme, but I thought that was, very apt. That's very accurate. And um, I don't know. I, it, it, I, the thing for me with this with this club is my question for this team this year was, first of all, a lot of teams thought they're going to be five and 11. That's probably going to be accurate. Number two, you know, where are they going to be the bigger embarrassment off the field or on the field right now? 
on the field seems to be kind of taking precedence, but there's still time because somehow, some way, somebody manages to be an off-field embarrassment or something tends to happen. Uh, we've, we've forgotten the whole, all the scandals that popped off prior to the season with um, Snyder and uh, the sexual harassment claims and also, um, and then, re- yeah, so there's some recent things that came up with that. And then, you know, as I mentioned on one episode that, you know, Snyder had this idea, well, I'm going to let the NFL, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to let the NFL uh, take over this investigation. You think we're stupid? Of course, you're not going to do your own investigation. Of course, the NFL is going to investigate this. It's like clearly Daniel Snyder thinks the rest of us are idiots. <laughs> like It's like, dude, you're the owner with probably the worst record in the history of ownership. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little overly dramatic here, but. I mean, he's on this team, what, what, 20 years and they've done absolutely nothing. They've just burned through coaches. They burn through quality players or they go and get a player they think is quality and the player tends to be a bust. It's just like if you had now, here's a situation where you don't have a team around you, a culture around you. Your front office is basically a skeleton crew. You finally have a vice president. You finally have someone in charge of your uh, uh, uh Broadcasting department division. Okay, broadcasting is great. They, they do their thing. Get the front office together. Get some culture in there and let the people make some decisions. He said that's what he's going to do. So far, so good, I guess. But, you know, they're dealing with other stuff. You know, Ron Rivera is doing, you know, he's undergoing cancer treatment. So, I mean, you know, shout out to Coach Rivera. You know, all the best to you. Um, you know, we're hoping you're, you, you'll you be getting well soon and, and, and back on, you know, really getting back into uh, uh, coaching, but I, I mean, it, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense that someone owns something this long and is just this terrible at it. I mean, you would think after two or three years ago, I think I got the hang of this. No, let's continue continue to do the same dumb crap every year and let's see where we get. That's not a way to run a football team. But I have a poll question up. Tell me who has the worst culture, the Jets or the Washington football team? And I'll talk about the results in episode 38. Um, but I did have a previous poll question I put up. Uh, will the NFL finish the season? And actually of the votes, it was a tie. So 50% of you think the NFL will finish the season. 50% of you think the NFL won't finish the season. I don't really have an opinion because frankly, um, whatever happens, I have a feeling the NFL is going to try to make uh they're going to try to make milk out of muddy water in this case. So um, who knows? Because you have probably, if you've listened to my episodes, you probably know how I feel about the NFL. And if you've seen my tweets, you probably know how I feel about the NFL. So I'm not even going to start that rant. But nevertheless, we all know that it is run by billionaires and we know how billionaires feel about their, feel about their money. And so you can take that for what it's worth. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for episode 37. It's a short one today, but I appreciate you listening. Uh, please hit me up on Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Until I see you again next week sometime, hopefully episode 38. Take care. Have a good day.